In the depths of our hearts, we often search for that elusive sense of peace, a sanctuary from the storms of life that can toss us about like fragile leaves in the wind. It is in those moments of chaos and despair that we realize there is no true peace without Jesus. His presence, like a gentle whisper in the midst of a raging tempest, brings profound calmness to our souls. Through faith, we find solace in His grace, knowing that His unwavering love and sacrifice offers us a path to serenity. In Jesus, we discover a refuge where our fears are quelled, our burdens lifted, and our hearts are embraced by a divine tranquility that transcends understanding. It is in Him that we find the true source of peace, a peace that fills our hearts with hope and our spirits with profound gratitude. Welcome, everybody, to the Word Made Flesh podcast where we explore the life, teachings, and legacy of Jesus Christ as told through the Bible. I'm your host, Fitz Criddle, and today we have a special bonus episode. I was listening to episode one, The Heart of Jesus, and the idea came to share a little more insight into Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. So that's what we'll be examining in this bonus episode. In a world filled with chaos and constant hustle, finding solace and tranquility for our weary souls has become an essential pursuit. Have you ever slept all night and woke up tired? Imagine those nights when your thoughts refuse to quiet down, when the weight of the worry seems unbearable. Your body may be in bed, but your mind is in turmoil tossing and turning in a sea of an anxiety. In this podcast, we look at the profound wisdom of Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, and explore how it offers a path to inner peace and spiritual rejuvenation. So let's look at Matthew 11. I do want to read verse 28 first and also 29. It provides us with a timeless message of hope, solace, and it says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, let's start by looking at the context of verse 28, because, of course, context is king. Uh, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. From the ESV Study Bible, come to me is an invitation to trust Jesus personally, not merely to believe historical facts about him. All who labor and are heavy laden refers in the immediate context to those oppressed by the burdens of religious legalism imposed on people by the scribes and Pharisees. But the wider application is that Jesus provides rest for your souls, as we see in verse 29. That is, eternal rest for all who seek forgiveness of their sins and freedom from the crushing legalistic burden and guilt of trying to earn salvation by good works. So that's the context of Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. So let's move on to our main verse where I want to hang my hat today, which is verse 29. 
And the first part of verse 29 urges us to take my yoke upon you. In biblical times, a yoke was a, a wooden beam used to join two oxen, allowing them to work together efficiently. Symbolically, taking Jesus' yoke upon us includes embracing his teachings and guidance. It's an invitation to live a life in alignment with his principles. Often our stress situations are because we are out of alignment with Jesus. The yoke is also the service that Christ gives us to do and therefore implies more than just teaching. Learning from Jesus. The verse continues and says, learn from me. Here we are encouraged to be disciples of Christ, to study his words and to follow his example. Learning from Jesus is an ongoing process of spiritual growth and self-improvement. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, which every believer should read, emphasizes the idea that true discipleship involves following Jesus Christ, not just in word, but in action, regardless of the personal cost. Following Jesus requires sacrifice, obedience, and a willingness to bear the burdens and responsibility of being a true disciple. It involves living out one's faith in practical ways, even when it becomes difficult or comes at a personal cost. Not only should we be disciples, we should make disciples. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 in the NLT translation, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Gentle and humble heart. Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty nine describes himself as humble and gentle in heart. These qualities remind us of the importance of cultivating humility and gentleness in our own lives. It's a call to let go of pride and ego, replacing them with the meek and humble spirit. Now, I've spoken about this in length, so I'm not going to go into detail in this particular pod, but go and check out episodes one and five, where I really go into more detail talking about humility uh, as it relates to Christ and how we are to live humble lives. Finding rest for your souls. The ultimate promise of Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 is the reward of following these teachings. And you will find rest for your souls. This rest is not merely physical, but an overwhelming inner peace that surpasses the chaos of the world. It is the tranquility that comes from living a life in harmony with God's will. This is why Jesus invites us to take his yoke upon us. His desire is that we will be in step with him for our own good. Galatians 2.20 in the NLT says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
Listen to the commentary on this verse from the ESV Study Bible. Paul's former self, the person Paul was before he trusted Christ, with all of his sinful goals and proud, self-exalting desires, came to a decisive end. He died. It is no longer I who lives does not mean that Paul has no personality of his own, but that his own interests and goals no longer directs his life. Rather, Christ lives in him now, and he directs and empowers all that he does. This is what it means to put on Christ's yoke. He now directs and empowers our lives. That brings a peace that surpasses all understanding. Now let's look at application. So we've sort of dissected the verses, so let's explore how we can apply its wisdom to our lives in practical ways. First, embrace humility. Strive to cultivate a humble and gentle heart. Let go of pride and self-centeredness. Focusing on serving others with love and compassion. It's difficult to let go of pride and self-centeredness if you are not self-aware. Being self-aware is like having a little mental mirror that lets you look at yourself from the inside. It's the ability to recognize and understand your own thoughts, feelings, and actions. Imagine you're in a room full of people and you suddenly realize you're feeling a bit grumpy or get an attitude or you're feeling irritated. Self-awareness is when you not only notice that grumpiness, but also understand why you're feeling that way. Maybe you realize it's because you didn't get enough sleep last night or because you're stressed about a project at work. Being self-aware doesn't mean you're always analyzing yourself, but it does mean you have a good sense of what's going on inside your own head and heart. It's like having a better understanding of the you that exists beyond just the surface. In a nutshell, being self-aware is all about knowing yourself, your emotions, and your motivations. It's a pretty handy skill for making sense of your own life and making better choices based on that understanding. 2 Corinthians 13.5 in the NIV says, Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. Now, this verse encourages self-examination to determine one's faith and relationship with Christ, which implies a degree of self-awareness. Here are five steps to becoming more self-aware, plus a bonus tip. Number one, self-reflection. Set aside time to regularly to think about your thoughts, feelings, and actions. Journaling can be a helpful tool to this. You can write down your experiences and try to identify patterns and triggers in your emotions and behaviors. And this would be a great source of prayer where you can sit down with God and ask him to examine your heart, to reveal what may be in you that you don't realize. So in this first step of self-reflection, self-examination, include it in your prayer or your time with God. Number two, seek feedback. 
Ask for honest feedback from friends, family, or trusted colleagues about your strengths and weaknesses. Constructive feedback can provide valuable insights into your blind spots, but you have to decide you won't take offense to the feedback. I know that can be difficult to deal with. Sometimes you don't want to hear the truth about yourself, but if you're truly interested in being more self-aware, then I would encourage you to invite others that you trust. I wouldn't go to any and everybody, but from those that you trust, it could be a spouse, it could be a pastor, it could be another believer. Um, and I do suggest you keep it in the Christian realm. Hopefully they'll provide that feedback in love. Number three, self-assessment tools. Utilize self-assessment tools and questionnaires such as the Myers-Briggs uh, Type Indicator or the MBTI, the uh, Enneagram, or the Strength Finder to gain a deeper understanding of your personality, values, and strengths. And um, I've been at churches that have offered these programs, and oftentimes it's been very enlightening to those who take these kind of uh, personality tests. It helps you understand a little bit more about your values. They're not 100% foolproof, but I think they give you a good baseline of your personality type. And so if you've never done one, I highly encourage you to do it. And there are several of those kinds of tests that you can do online. Uh, links to these that I mentioned here, I'll have in the description or in the show notes. Number four, and for those more serious cases where your behavior is destructive, I would suggest therapy or counseling. Consider seeking the guidance of a therapist or a counselor who can help you explore your thoughts and feelings. Identify patterns and develop strategies for self-awareness and personal growth. And unfortunately, we live in a time where uh, therapy is widely available now. You can even do it in the privacy of a, a remote session. There are apps. And so I know a lot of uh, companies now offer that part of their benefits packages where they have, you know, mental um, resources that are available for those who need that kind of help or assistance. So um, if your employer offers that, take advantage of it if you need to. But I, I highly seek um, therapy, particularly for those who have behaviors that have been really self-destructive or perhaps even uh, impacted the lives of those around you. Number five, practice active listening. Pay close attention when others speak and try to understand their perspectives and emotions. Reflect on how you react to different conversations and situations. And here's the bonus tip. Accept imperfection. Understand that self-awareness is an ongoing process and nobody is perfectly self-aware all the time. Embrace the idea that growth and self-discovery take time and effort. Look, I am still learning at this stage and I am halfway through my life. Uh, I'm still becoming more and more self-aware. And, you know, and I do ask the Lord to help me in that area. And so and I pray that over you. I pray as you look to find that inner peace. Uh, we have to be engaged and involved in the process. And I pray that you will become more self-aware through the Holy Spirit. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would guide us and help us to be 
more self-aware because we want to put on the yoke of Christ. We want that peace that comes with it. So help us, Father. We seek your assistance in the name of Jesus. So now let's move on to other ideas of application. Study the scriptures. Dedicate time to study and reflect on the teachings of Jesus as recorded in the Bible. Remember, Jesus said, learn from me. His words are a source of wisdom, instruction, and guidance. And if you need help on how to study the Bible, you can check out my three-part video series on the inductive Bible study method. I have other videos here on the channel that talk about biblical study, so you avail yourselves to those. Um, for the inductive Bible study series, I will put a link in the description or in the show notes. And for those of you who are listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, these are videos I did on YouTube. Next, receive the promise of inner peace. I don't think a lot of us are aware of that simple act of receiving. Oftentimes we're thinking about, you know, three steps to do that, five steps to do that. But there are so many promises in Scripture. There are so many provisions that have been made that oftentimes we just need to receive. So receive the promise of peace. Let's look at a couple of verses for this point. Isaiah 26, verse 3. This is an NIV. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. This verse emphasizes that trust in God can lead to a state of perfect peace. John 14, 27 in NIV also says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So Jesus promises his followers a unique and lasting peace. It's already been provided. Receive the promise of inner peace. Next, share the message. As you experience the restorative power of Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 in your own life, share this message of hope and peace with others. Be that beacon of light in the world that often feels overwhelmed by darkness. As we wrap up this special bonus episode of the Word Made Flesh podcast, I want to leave with you a reflection on the profound wisdom of Matthew eleven twenty nine 29. In a world that often feels overwhelming, and chaotic. This verse serves as a beacon of hope and solace, guiding us towards inner peace and spiritual rejuvenation. By heeding the invitation to come to Jesus, taking His yoke upon us, and learning from Him, we embark on a journey of discipleship. It's a path that calls us to embrace humility and gentleness, to let go of pride and ego, and to serve others with love and compassion. This journey, though challenging at times, promises a reward beyond measure. The rest of our souls that can only be found in living in harmony with God's will. As you reflect on these timeless teachings and apply them in your life, remember the words of Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in God and you will find a perfect peace that surpasses 
all understanding. I encourage you to continue studying scriptures to seek the promise of inner peace that Jesus offers and to share the message of hope and peace with others. In doing so, you become a source of light in a world that often feels overshadowed by darkness. Thank you for joining me on this journey of exploration and reflection. If you found this episode inspiring, please share it with friends and family and don't hesitate to reach out with your thoughts and experiences. Your feedback and engagement means the world to me. Remember in the words of Matthew eleven twenty nine, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. May you find rest for your souls in the embrace of Christ's teachings. Until next time, stay blessed and may the peace of the Lord be with you always. This is Fitz Criddle signing off from the Word Made Flesh podcast.